The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm superstar Frank Morano. 24 hours ago, I told you about the scene that was unfolding on Staten Island where a bunch of migrants, a bus full of migrants to be precise, was being brought to a former senior living facility in the middle of the night in a manner that I think could only be described be described as quite sneaky. Well, we told you about the people that were arrested yesterday, including several seniors. Yesterday, in reaction to this, Mayor Eric Adams chose to chastise the Staten Islanders that were out there protesting for their for their behavior and what he called their foul words at overnight protests related to a new migrant shelter that the city opened in Midland Beach. Now, I'm not for anybody using foul words. I think that is way out of bounds and people shouldn't do it. But this is a man, the mayor, that has consistently bragged about calling white people crackers. This is a man that when he got asked a very basic question about rents, he chose to tell the person that was asking him about it that she is a plantation owner. He said, we're not on the plantation anymore. He is someone who has blamed the lack of positive press attention that he's getting on the fact that there aren't enough black reporters. This is crazy. This is absolutely insane. Where does this guy get the gumption to criticize anyone for the kind of rhetoric they're using? The mayor should have been apologizing to the community of Midland Beach for trying to sneak these people in to 111 or 1111 Father Capadano Boulevard in the middle of the night. So I'm all for reducing the level of vitriol in everybody's rhetoric, but really, really, you're going to push back against this as and call this hateful comments? It doesn't fly. It doesn't make sense. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. Well, as we just went through all of the recent remembrances of what happened on September 11th in 2001, I think it serves as a reminder to those of us that live in New York that New York City is always a terrorist target. When terrorists are looking to blow up a spot, where do you hear they're targeting? New York. It's rarely Sheboygan. It's not Omaha, it's New York. And that's why uh, this news that was published by Gothamist yesterday, I think, is so disappointing. A team of NYPD officers trained to respond quickly to the most organized and heavily armed attacks is set to have its personnel slashed by up to 75%. The Gothamist reviewed a memo regarding the NYPD Critical Response Command, which is a key component of the NYPD's $219.5 million intelligence and counterterrorism bureaus, and it's one of the first lines of defense against a terrorist-related attack. Here's an email that was sent by Scott Shanley.
Kelly, the deputy chief of the NYPD Counterterrorism Critical Response Command, which three current and former NYPD employees shared with Gothamist. Quote, I am devastated by the news I have to give you as you are all family to me. Today I was informed that our unit will be downsized significantly by up to 75%. Though we are still in efforts to reduce this number, whatever the outcome, many home-slash-personal lives will be affected nonetheless. This is bad news. This email came just nine days after Mayor Adams announced billions of dollars in budget cuts across the board following public statements about how the migrant crisis would destroy New York City without federal and state assistance. You know what will literally destroy New York City? A terrorist attack. We need the NYPD to respond to terrorism. I am all for cutting the New York City budget. I'm all for cutting the NYPD budget, but it's got to be cut smartly. There are a whole lot of bureaucrats at one police plaza that don't need to be there. There's deputy commissioner of this, deputy commissioner of that. What I am not for is cutting the NYPD Critical Response Command, which is essential to combating terrorism, and it's an essential element of the NYPD's intelligence operation. I'm certainly not for cutting that, and not by 75%. I hope there's a massive outcry on this, and the mayor reconsiders. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. After years of agonizing debate, Mount Sinai Health System says it's closing its Beth Israel Hospital at 16th Street. And they say the reason it's bleeding cash. They've lost apparently a billion dollars over 10 years. I don't know what can be done if you're losing $100 million a year, essentially. I can't imagine you can stay open in perpetuity, but I will say this is a very nice hospital. I've been there several times visiting folks, and it's a tremendous asset for the residents of Manhattan. And a lot of people have grown up, have grown up with and relied on this 700-bed facility, which has roots that reach all the way back to 1889. It's a great hospital, and a lot of people have great memories here. One of our listeners, Ellen, wrote to me about how several of her cousins were born there. A lot of folks have bad memories as well, because as you might imagine, hospitals are places where people sometimes get sick and sometimes even die. But that popularity didn't translate to paying the bills. Apparently, the labor and supply costs keep going up and the number of patients keeps going down. And right now, it's only operating at a 20% capacity. I will say, though, the idea of losing even more health care in lower Manhattan when they've already lost almost all of their health care. 20 hospitals in 25 years have been closing. This is a tremendous blow to Manhattan, especially lower Manhattan. I'm not sure what can be done about this. I'm not sure if there's a way to fight this decision, sort of like what the community did back in 2017 when Mount Sinai first wanted to close Beth Israel. But there is a need for more hospital beds. One of the things that I wonder, though, is could this hospital be run more intelligently? Could it be generating more money? For instance, uh, to cut costs, this hospital closed its neonatal and cardiovascular units. Those are units that make a lot of money. Is it wise to close the units that are making money and then complain 
that you're running at a deficit. So Mount Sinai, for what it's worth, says they have no intention of abandoning downtown, but keeping this facility open would jeopardize the mission of the entire Mount Sinai hospital system. And it's not all up to Mount Sinai. There's a public health board, there's a state agency that determines whether a hospital can shut down or not, and it's that board that will have the final say in this matter. Something tells me a lot of residents are going to be reaching out to that board and making their voices heard. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Well, first things first, a special programming advisory. I am going to be appearing, at least I'm scheduled to appear. You never know with the nature of live radio. Things get moved around. I am scheduled to appear with Sid Rosenberg this morning in the 8 o'clock hour. So it's going to be interesting to see whether I can stay awake until around 8.10 to appear on the show. But I am certainly going to try and uh, do that. Who knows? Will I be awake enough to make any sense? We will see. I want to tell you about a story in Putt. Putnam Valley that has people up in arms. Some parents are speaking out about student parking spots in Putnam County, saying Putnam Valley is unfairly censoring students. What do we mean? Well, for about 20 years, seniors have been painting their parking spots. But this year, one student was denied a thin blue line design, which has some torn about what's okay to paint. And a lot of Putnam Valley parents say the student should have been allowed to paint a thin blue line. Supposedly, you're supposed to avoid anything political or anything controversial. And a lot of the parents that are raising objections about this, they say the police are not political. But the superintendent of the school, Jeremy Luft, said, well, it's a big debate about what's appropriate to paint on taxpayer property. Our goal has been for the last couple of years to remove the controversy, to get back to the roots of what was students having an opportunity to celebrate their time spent in high school. Three years ago, News 12 in the Hudson Valley reported on someone painting anti-police messages on one of the school spots. Now, the superintendent says he hopes the tradition can stay, but it's becoming harder to manage. I think this is ridiculous. The superintendent says the student and parent were open to feedback and are willing to change the design. There is no reason that this young man shouldn't be allowed to paint a thin blue line. This is not political. It's supporting taxpayer funded public servants. It's a message that is not controversial. It shouldn't be controversial. It's not political. Or if you're not going to allow this, then the students should be able, should not be able to paint their spots. This is blatant censorship and it should not be tolerated. Beam me up. To be continued. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.